Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Pfeiffer, naturopathic doctor. I want to talk to you today about PMS, the different types of PMS, and the different treatment or therapeutic options that you can discuss with your healthcare provider if you are interested in getting some relief for your PMS. I want to be clear that I'm going to outline the specific types of PMS, but the truth of the matter is, is you could actually suffer from more than one of these types combined, uh, and that can really show your specific presentation of PMS. So I'll get a little bit more specific as we move forward, but I just want to be very clear that it's not really cut and dry uh, as nothing related to hormonal health truly is. So we can talk a little bit about the types of testing I like to do and how I would navigate these situations um, when I'm working through this with my clients, uh, either in a one-to-one -one intensive setting or in a group setting, which still offers some one-to-one -one support as well. So first things first, it's called PMSA, which refers to as PMS anxiety. So this type of PMS is dominated by anxiety. Now we have to be really clear when we're looking at PMS, this is defined as the two weeks leading up to your period. So typically when we're looking at defining PMS versus just general anxiety, we have to be really clear and we have to be really comfortable with the fact that PMS anxiety is going to be anxiety leading up to your period resolving with the onset of your period. And that's going to be with all the PMS types. So what's going to happen is anything you experience leading up to your period has to resolve with your period or else there's something else going on. So if somebody came to see me and said they have anxiety, doesn't go away with their period, or it's there all month long, then it isn't a PMS anxiety. It is a different type of anxiety that we need to look at. Nonetheless, PMSA is dominated by symptoms such as irritability, mood swings, nervousness, and trouble sleeping or insomnia. And it can be the result of a relative progesterone deficiency or estrogen dominance. I'm going to elaborate a little bit on that. But I just want to be clear, if you're someone suffering from anxiety, these are some of the hormonal causes that potentially can be related to menstrual cycle irregularities. But there also are a lot of other root causes that we need to make sure that we're investigating when it comes to anxiety, even if it is PMS-related anxiety. So what that means is I'm not going to see somebody who tells me they have anxiety leading up to their period and automatically I assume that they have estrogen dominance or a progesterone deficiency. I still wanna make sure that a full workup is done. And so part of that workup as it pertains to anxiety would be doing blood work, testing things like vitamin B12, your iron levels, your vitamin D, your thyroid, making sure that we're ruling out other causes for anxiety or feelings of anxiety because although you could have a hormonal issue that heightens your anxiety as you get closer to your menstrual cycle, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's just that hormonal imbalance that's leading to the problems. Now, uh, if we're really getting into it, things like vitamin D act more like a hormone than they do a vitamin. So technically, if you have a deficiency in vitamin D and it's causing you anxiety and your anxiety is heightened leading up to your period, that still is a hormone issue. But I just want to be clear that it's important to make sure that all of this testing is done so that we can really rule in and rule out what these root causes are. 
Secondly, I always test and I don't guess. And so what that means is that blood work that I've previously mentioned uh, will typically be done with all my patients working one-to-one. And I will usually be looking at your hormones if I feel that it's necessary. Now, if you're somebody who's taking hormonal birth control, I won't look at your hormones because it doesn't tell me any information uh, because anything we test is just finding out what the synthetic hormones are providing you. However, let's talk about the result of a relative progesterone deficiency, also known as estrogen dominance. And so what happens throughout the cycle is we start our cycle with estrogen. Estrogen helps build the lining, prepare the follicles. Mid-cycle, we have something called ovulation, the main event where we release an egg. Second half of the cycle, we have progesterone, our progest hormone. This is waiting for, for basically fertilization, and it's ready to support a healthy pregnancy. Now, if we don't make enough progesterone, so in the event where we A, don't ovulate at all and don't make any progesterone, or B, we have too much estrogen relative to progesterone. So maybe you make progesterone, but you don't make enough. That would put you in what's known as estrogen dominance. The levels of the hormones are actually really important, but what's more important is the ratio of the hormones. So you'll see with all of these types of PMS, it's really important to understand that really diving into the ratio of the hormones is important versus just the level of the hormone. So if you have a normal progesterone level and you're ovulating and you're making a lot of progesterone, but your estrogen is wildly high, you're still going to be in estrogen dominance. In that case, we're not going to work and try to up your progesterone. I'm not going to give you progesterone because your progesterone is good. In that case, specifically the one I just referred to, we need to work on lowering estrogen or processing estrogen a little bit better, depending on what the problem is. So I want to be clear that yes, it could be a progesterone deficiency if you aren't ovulating. And in that case, we would probably give you progesterone or things to improve progesterone but it really depends. So testing is really important here. And then part of treatment of this specific type of PMS would include stress management techniques because we know that stress hormone impacts your sex hormone. Acupuncture can be very helpful. Uh, Chase tree is a herb that I love. This increases progesterone at the level of the pituitary. Um, It also, it will increase luteinizing hormone levels to help you ovulate. If you are someone with PCOS, though, this is probably not the best case. And if you are someone who has, like I said, the progesterone levels that go up appropriately, meaning you ovulate, then chase tree may or may not be effective. Because if the problem is you just have way too much estrogen, then we need to deal with that estrogen. So I wrote in DIM, which is basically a long compound that is found in things like cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, that sort of thing. And DIM helps you to process that estrogen. So it's going to help you process that extra estrogen, which is really important. And then also we have magnesium. Magnesium is something I love um, for really a ton of different things. It's been shown that those who have magnesium or, sorry, vitamin D deficiencies can be due to the fact that they have a magnesium deficiency because they work together. Uh, Magnesium is really important as it 
as it pertains to hormone production and as it pertains the, to the hormonal profile as well. So magnesium can be helpful here, but again, it depends specifically on what's going on. There are specific types of magnesium that actually cross the blood-brain barrier, meaning it gets into your brain, which will help with anxiety um, if that is part of the picture. So magnesium 3-NE would be really good there. PMS-C, C is for cravings. So this type of PMS is dominated by cravings, carbohydrates, sugar, salt, etc. Now the theory behind what causes this type of PMS is a relative excess of insulin or imbalances in blood sugar. So um, you've heard me talk about blood sugar before. So if we don't have our blood sugar balanced, you are more likely to have cravings. And I will go as far as to say if you have your blood sugar that is imbalanced, you will probably also have anxiety because you're going to have mood shifts when you don't have uh, balanced blood sugar. And so this is where I go into, you probably have more than one. These aren't specifically cut and dry, but this is just giving you a basic idea of how we can start to piece the, uh, the puzzle pieces together to create a treatment plan that works best for you. So what do I say when it comes to blood sugar? Prioritizing fat, fiber, and protein throwing on the brakes, keeping you satisfied and satiated for the entire day, um, consistently with snacking on the appropriate things, eating the appropriate meals, uh, starting your day with a really, really good quality meal. Um, typically, I'm recommending more of like a paleo-type breakfast, meaning that we're not having toast, we're not having cereal, and we're probably not having oatmeal. I would prefer like a bacon, egg, avocado type of situation because you have protein, you have fat, and you have fiber. Um, starting your morning with something like just fruit is not ideal because what's going to happen is you're going to absorb that really quickly and then you're going to come crashing down and that's not going to be great for cravings or mood stabilization. We know exercise helps store sugar in the cells without the help of insulin. That is a huge advantage. So especially if you're using your big muscles, those uh, thigh muscles, your quads, that, that will help you store sugar a lot more effectively. And then there are supplements that you can consider uh, alongside your practitioner. So uh, cinnamon, again, you can add cinnamon in your diet to literally anything. So cinnamon's great. You can also find cinnamon in capsule form. Um, chromium is great. Berberine is great. Again, you want to stay away from berberine if you have um, some digestive concerns uh, because it is also an antimicrobial. It may disrupt your microbiome. So it's really important to discuss with your practitioner whether that's a long-term solution and how long you should be taking it for and at what dose. Um, so that there are a few considerations. We always have to look at the possibility for interactions with current medications that you're on. So if you're on diabetes medication, obviously you're not going to jump right in and take blood sugar lowering medications before speaking with your practitioner. And then 5-HTP can technically help with cravings. This can also help with sleep, but you have to be really careful. Again, if you are on any antidepressants, anti-anxiety meds, um, Anti, uh, any medication to help you sleep, you should always check with your healthcare provider. And I always say if you're on any medications or have any pre-existing conditions or any allergies, it's really important to speak with your healthcare provider to make sure that you are taking the appropriate measures and you're taking the proper dose. PMSD is dominated by depression. So 
dominated by symptoms of sadness, easy crying, apathy, and I'm going to go as far as to say suicidal thoughts, but if that is something that you are dealing with, you need to speak to a practitioner. This is not something that we need to self-treat, um, and you should not be self-treating. There are circumstances where I believe that pharmaceuticals are there for a reason, um, and when we need them, there is absolutely no shame in adding them on. My conversation with clients is always talking about what is the best step for you. Natural does not always mean better. Natural does not always mean safer. And natural does not always mean more effective. So it's important that we understand that when we need supports, we speak to the proper practitioner who can actually determine what our needs are, what we need to be having, what we need to be taking. Because for one person with depression, maybe something like St. John's Wort is enough to help them throughout the cycle. Maybe for someone else, they need to have a prescription medication. Maybe for others, they need more talk therapy. Maybe someone else needs a combination. And so um, it's really important that we look at this individualized, especially when it comes to our mental health. But it's important to differentiate when we're having these feelings of depression and how severe they're getting. And if they are getting to a point where there is self-harm or the harm of others, it's really important that we disclose that to a practitioner so that we can get the proper interventions. And so if you suffer from depression or anxiety and your PMS is worsened leading up to your period, then it may be the case for you that working with a practitioner, getting appropriate medications is helpful. And then layering on top of that, you're working with a qualified practitioner, like a naturopathic doctor, to actually piece apart those other things. So maybe the hormonal fluctuations worsen your pre-existing depression. Now, if you're just sad, easily crying, um, leading up to your period, it may be something that can be managed with supplementation and speak and looking at your hormones from a naturopathic perspective. But I just want you to really keep in mind the importance of seeking help and getting the appropriate evaluations when necessary. Now, again, this can be due to low estrogen and there's some theories that say low serotonin. Um, again, exercise is super helpful. We know for mental health concerns in general, adding in chase tree depends. There is some research on chase tree, chase berry, vitex. They're all the same herb um, and helping with PMS and mood related disorders uh, leading up to the period, there is also some research as it pertains to things like breast tenderness with chase tree as well. And then I've listed some supplements. Again, this is going to depend on your specific circumstances. Like I said, with anxiety, when it comes to PMS, I want to make sure that we're doing the right testing. So if you are saying, I'm feeling depressed, we want to still make sure we rule out vitamin D deficiency. Look at your B12, look at your iron, look at your thyroid for other underlying causes. And then on top of that, we may want to test your hormones and see how the fluctuations are um, during the cycle. Now, in a specialty hormone test that I run with my clients, you can actually look at markers of neurotransmitters. So I can actually look at if your serotonin may or may not be too low. Um, so some management options, like I said, vitamin D. If you're low in iron, we add iron. If it's your thyroid, we support the thyroid. Omega-3 fatty acids can be good for mood, mood issues um, and, and a plethora of other things. They can be helpful in PMSD. Uh, 5-HTP, like I mentioned before, 5-HTP can help with cravings, can help with depression, but we need to make sure that if you are taking any medications 
or you have any pre-existing conditions. And I'm going to go as far as to say if you're taking any supplements, we need to make sure that 5-HTP can be incorporated. Vitamin D, I'm always dosing based on weight because too much is harmful, but we do know that there's a lot of connections and a lot of information when it comes to vitamin D and supporting your mental health. And last but not least, stress management, because we know stress can exacerbate these hormonal imbalances and stress can exacerbate any pre-existing mental health concerns. And the last one is PMSH, which is also known as hyperhydration. So as you can see by the photo, it is the people who get bloating, water retention, weight gain leading up to their period, which again resolves with the onset of their period. Um, so the best way to manage this is by diuretic herbs and other diuretic tools, so helping you pee. So a few things I really like are dandelion tea, nettle tea. Um, there's a lot of different kind of like everyday detox teas out there that can help with just flushing out fluid, uh, which are su which is super helpful. Again, as long as you're not on any medications that are going to interact, drinking lots of water, avoiding salt, because these are just going to add to your retention. I would say on top of that, things like magnesium can be helpful. Um, and then also making sure that you're just avoiding, I say avoid salt, but really when I say avoid salt, I'm saying avoid processed foods because I don't want processed foods to be part of your diet. Uh, that's just going to worsen all of the bloating and the water retention. And a lot of women will notice leading up to their period that their rings get tighter and that's really their kind of first sign that they're getting bloated and they're retaining a lot of water. So making sure you're really mindful of that, adding in lots and lots of water. And then foods rich in bananas, or sorry, rich in potassium, including bananas, can be really helpful as well. So that is it with our PMS uh, conversation. If you have questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, I look forward to chatting with you and uh, working with some of you.